I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that introduces you to the leaders and visionaries who are changing our world. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of NHK World Japan series Direct Talk. Gender inequalities restrict us all. They don't just limit women and girls, they limit men and boys and all non binary people too. In this episode, we hear from writer, speaker, and changemaker Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Known for her novels and a TED talk on feminism watched by millions, she invites us all to break the mold and be our whole selves, not just the parts that fit into the narrow parameters set by outdated rules. By being your whole self, you will actually help society to evolve. You'll hear Chimamanda's prescription. For keeping politicians and leaders in check, and a reminder that it is crucial to consider multiple points of view before reaching any conclusions, a pertinent point in an era of fake news and online echo chambers. Enjoy listening to Chimamanda, and I'll meet you on the other side. Here's narrator Stuart Varnum Atkin. Today we speak to the internationally acclaimed writer Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, whose works filled with wisdom and compassion are highly evaluated. In 2007, she became the youngest person to win the Orange Prize, and in 2013, she was the first African writer to win the National Book Critics Circle Award. For over two decades, she has been receiving critical acclaim from many quarters. In her 2012 TED talk titled、my、We Should All Be Feminists, she gave a whole new meaning to the term feminist. A feminist is a man or a woman who says, Yes, there's a problem with gender as it is today, and we must fix it. We must do better. Her words drew a tremendous response and attracted worldwide attention. She has also been invited to deliver speeches at many prestigious universities. That have produced some of the world's top leaders. And so, and so I want to start. Chimamanda is one of the most notable writers of our time. We start by asking her about feminism at her home in Lagos, Nigeria. I think it's I think it's more difficult for girls being raised today in this in this age of social media,、um, where I think the, the focus on appearance and there's so much pressure on young girls to conform. And and really, my message would be, you don't have to conform.、Um, conforming is overrated. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. And it bothers me because often we will praise girls for being quiet. We will praise girls for helping other people. And then what do we criticize them for? We criticize them for speaking out.、Um, we criticize them for being too authoritative. But we don't criticize boys for those things, and so what I would say to young girls: I want you to do more of the things that society criticizes you for. In 2017, she published a book containing her deep thoughts on feminism. It began as a letter to a friend who asked how she could raise her daughter as a feminist, and Chimamanda included 15 suggestions for building a world in which women can live without using being a woman as an excuse. I think that there are certain things that we cannot achieve in our generation. I think it's just the reality because 
Sexism has existed in the world for so long, we're not going to change it overnight. But we can make small changes and then we can focus on the generations coming. We can decide that our daughters are not going to experience what we've experienced. So that's how I think about it. And I was struck by how when I walk alone, the constantly men making stupid remarks when I walk past. When I walk with my husband, none of them talk. You know, if I'm with my husband here in Lagos, people say hello to him and they ignore me. And that I don't take. So in that case, I say to them, no, either you greet both of us or you greet none of us. And for me, that's changed, you know. Um, and hopefully the next time he sees that person sees a couple, he will greet both of them. And in this way, I think it's about making women, giving women the visibility that they, that they deserve as human beings in the world. Timamanda attributes her intense awareness of women's rights to her upbringing. She was born in 1977 into an Igbo family, members of one of Nigeria's major ethnic groups. Her father was Nigeria's first professor of statistics, and her mother was the first female registrar of the University of Nigeria. Chimamanda says they were very forward-thinking for their time. You know, my family was very Igbo in a way. We were raised to be very um, aware and proud of our heritage as Igbo people. And there's a lot about Igbo culture that we were encouraged to embrace. And there is a lot of Igbo culture that I quarrel with because I find it quite misogynistic. But at the same time, I think that my parents kind of managed to, to, to in some ways find a kind of balance. So my brothers were expected to do domestic work. It wasn't just the girls who did domestic work. And I found that this was different with my friends' families. I remember finding it very strange that the, the sisters would serve their brothers food. And often they just were a few years apart in age. And in my family, that would have just been ridiculous. I mean, I can't imagine serving my brother his food. I'd be like, go get your damn food. And then just more domestic things. Um, I knew I had an aunt whose husband would beat her. And then all the relatives would tell her, what did you do? Why didn't you cook dinner on time? And then they would tell her, you know, you need to go back and find a way to make him happy. And I was young, but I remember thinking, well, this is wrong. This, you know, <laughs> like this, this shouldn't be the way to solve this problem. She's the victim here, but somehow she's being held responsible. And I think quite early in life, I was, I was quite clear that there were things I just was not going to take. And I, I just did not want to live my life in a way that accepted that a woman had to be judged differently for the same behavior that a man showed. Chimamanda was in her first year of university when she took the plunge to become a writer. She decided to quit medical school and go to the United States. Having excelled as a student since childhood, she was expected to become a doctor like other top students. But she decided she wanted to learn something else and create her own life. So it wasn't a difficult decision to make. What was difficult was to act on that decision. So telling my parents about it, I remember I was so nervous and kept thinking about when is the best time to tell them. And finally, I remember when I told them that we're both having lunch and I just sort of walked in there and I said, I don't want to study medicine anymore. And they kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> right. And I said, I don't want to study medicine anymore. The only thing they said to me was, are you sure? And I said, yes. 
And my father said, okay, I'll go talk to the dean of your faculty. And that was it. And he did. And I, I really was very lucky to be raised by them. Chimamanda has been calling for equality in a world where discrimination and prejudice are rampant. We asked her what we need to do at this time when the COVID-19 pandemic has been causing inequalities, dichotomies and hate to spread. Oof, I wish I knew the answer to that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I really don't know. This is something I think about a lot. And, and the divide is getting more and more pronounced. And I think we have leaders across the world who benefit from this division and so they they kind of fan the flames. If we really want to decrease that increasing divide of left and right, maybe civil society needs to do more to make it easier for the right kinds of people to get into positions of power. Think about America four years ago and America today. Even just, um, even just the air that you breathe just feels kinder in America, you know, feels more humane, feels more welcoming for everybody, even those on the right than it did four years ago. So leadership matters. The people who, who get voted into positions of power, I think that's really important. Sometimes I think we should read more stories and more poetry. And I'm serious about this, really. I, I think that a lot of politicians don't read human stories. They don't really think about people as human beings. I, I don't know how it would be possible, for example, to write a law or to support putting really little children in cages because their parents try to get them across the border. And the reason the parents do that is because they want a better life for them. So, so sometimes I think maybe we should just, I don't know, force politicians to read novels and then give them tests and make sure that they think about human beings as human beings. Chimamanda's masterpiece, Half of a Yellow Sun, has been translated into 37 languages and made into a movie. It's set against the backdrop of the War of Secession that was led by the Igbo people. In the 1960s, the Nigerian federal government's persecution of the Igbo people intensified, and they gained independence in the eastern part of the country as the Republic of Biafra. Chimamanda has been acclaimed for her depiction of the civil war from the perspectives of women and a houseboy that had never been expressed before. My interest in writing about people who are sort of on the margins, but also not even necessarily on the margins, people whose stories have not been heard. In London, I looked at archives. Um, I looked at archives at Yale University um, in the US, and they haven't really been, nobody's really done the, the work of collecting these stories. It was also interviewing people I talked to so many of my parents' friends and my parents' contemporaries who lived through that period. And I just really was amazed at how much these people did. And they were in the early 30s. You know, they were not, I mean, these were mostly all young people who had been thrust into this thing. And suddenly they were running refugee centers, um, trying to keep children alive, um, going abroad to negotiate for arms, um, flying in on tiny planes in a tiny airport with no light on the runways. And I just found it really incredible because these were people who really believed in what they were fighting for. 
I'm interested in those stories. I really think it's important that we tell stories from multiple points of view because otherwise you don't really get the full story. Chimamanda has been praised for her meticulous attention to detail based on her own experiences and what she has seen and heard. When I'm writing a story, you know, it's actually very hard to talk about what I'm thinking about because the process is not entirely conscious for me. When I write fiction, I feel transported. I feel as though, in some ways, as though the spirits are speaking to me and through me. So when I was, you know, five and six, I was writing. I think of it as a gift that I was given. It's not something that I, I made by myself, if that makes sense. I do think, I really do think that I was given a gift, but the choice I made was to use that gift. But recently, Chimamanda has been facing a depth of grief she has never experienced before. She lost her father in June 2020, and then her mother this March. Both of them had been a significant influence on her. Last year, she published Notes on Grief. When her father passed away, she could not return to Nigeria right away due to the pandemic. She wrote about the pain of being unable to face her father's death. I am writing about my father in the past tense, and I cannot believe I am writing about my father in the past tense. I'm having so much difficulty finding language to express my feelings and so and then it's a very frustrating thing because my whole life I've turned to language to make sense of my world. If things happen to me I write about them and then now I'm just really struggling because I'm experiencing what I don't know how best to articulate and it's I think I think for a person who has for so long depended on writing it can really just make you feel very unsettled and unstable and slightly mad. But I think that everything I have done and really everything I will do will carry something that is from my parents. My father was a very good storyteller. And as he got older, he liked to tell the same stories over and over again. My father gave me a sense of my, my past. And those stories it just gave me a sense of grounding, a sense of confidence. And so I'm sure of who I am. And I think that's also why I'm comfortable in the world. My mother had an ambition that she did not apologize for. And I think it, it ended up really inspiring me. She just believed that, you know, it didn't matter whether you were male or female, you needed to do your best and be the best that you could be. And she lived that. It made me feel that having ambition was normal. And I think that when you're a child, if these things are made to seem normal and ordinary to you, it's a great gift. We asked Chimamanda what message she would like to convey to the young women of today. You matter equally. Your dreams matter. You do not have to shrink yourself. You know, there's so many parts of the world where um, girls are thought to be ashamed of their bodies. When, when their periods start, they're made to feel ashamed. You know, they're, they're made to feel unclean. Um, you know, when they get older, when they're not married, they're made to feel ashamed. You know, there's just so much, just so much nonsense. And sometimes you, you need to, to hear this and to see this to realize that, in fact, you have been believing that your dreams don't matter. And I'm hoping that if girls get the message early enough, 
then they don't hold themselves back and compromise things that they shouldn't compromise so that when they get to be my age, <laughs> um, they will not look back and think, oh goodness, I shouldn't have. And, and so for me, if this encourages any young girl to face the world with more courage, then it will make me happy. Face the world with courage and don't shrink yourself. Don't compromise. That advice stands true for all of us. And if your dreams don't fit into the space society has given you, then revel in being a change maker. Someone who broadens what is possible for the next generation. For Chimamanda, the unapologetic ambition of her mother and the support of her open-minded father had an enormous impact on what she believed to be possible. It boils down to a simple fact. If we can see it, then we can be it. We all have the opportunity to be a role model to someone. And in this way, we all have the chance to change the world. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript for this episode as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Do join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.